0: Welcome to Amiga Rise Up. I'm Sophia Estrella, the host of this podcast and a Puerto Rican from Chicago who loves Jesus and loves coffee. I'm a wife, mother, entrepreneur, business and career coach. And just like you, I've been in a place where I've questioned God on what my calling is or I felt stagnant knowing that there had to be more to my life. I've been in a place where I lost sight of who God has called me to be and stuck in doubt or fear to take a risk and take the next steps. Forgetting to walk in just the boldness and authority that He's given me, but not anymore. I know what needs to be done to rise up. My heart is to help women like you transition into the career or business that aligns with your calling so that you can walk in the authority and influence God intends for you. When you listen to this podcast, you'll learn that you and what you do are part of a much bigger plan. You'll learn that what God has called you to do in this season matters. And that you have the ability to leave legacies where you are and change entire environments for His glory. There is more for you, Amiga, and if you're ready to find out what the more is and rise up the way God intended, then stay tuned. Let's do this. Welcome back, Amiga, for episode five. If this is your first time listening, I'm Sophia, your host, and I'm so glad you joined me today. I know these last few episodes, I've been really focused on the family, but the reasoning is because when things happen within our family, it's, it's just really difficult to focus on anything else, right? When things are calm at home, we can focus on other things. We can think about our future. We think about our dreams and we are more at liberty to fulfill what God has called us to. But when our family is out of alignment, it could become one of the things that masks are calling. This episode is going to be a little bit of a tough one, but I know this taboo topic is one that needs to be addressed and brought to light because Satan has just been using this as another avenue to break down the family. Family secrets that involve sexual sin or pornography are just always, they're always going to be difficult to address. And then you have media and entertainment that kind of desensitizes us to sex and nudity and just kind of makes it normal for everyone. Um, It's it's not even exempt in between kid shows and things like that. It's seen as normal for people to look at pornography, to cheat or to sleep with anyone they date. But if a person is participating in sexual sin, I think the other thing that makes it really difficult is society praises it. And then we wonder why sex trafficking and the belittling of women is, is just become so common. Because people are embarrassed to talk about it, families are left to deal with this situation in secret. It is scary to rise up, amiga, when embarrassing, shameful topics affect your family. But I have done it, so first you will have the courage to share your story. I share these things so you understand that I'm not coming to you from a place of perfection, in my or my family's Christian walk we are we are just really imperfect beings, like anyone else, being sanctified by the blood of Jesus, walking out this journey we call life. But I also do this because I know there are women out there like you who have been faced with the with this just this need to just know you're not alone in this, and lastly because God wants to deal with these dark places and bring healing. so so that this specifically, this specific issue cannot mask your calling or stop you from doing what God is calling you to. When we're dealing with family secrets and don't address it, the enemy uses it to just really keep us stuck in trauma so that you can't fulfill what God's telling you to. This type of issue brings feelings of not being enough. It brings feelings of just rejection, self-doubt, and just so many other emotions and feelings that I'll probably touch on a a few as I go through this. We've dealt with real issues and part of breaking generational curses is admitting they exist and you have to hit them straight on because pain and trauma, they thrive in secrecy. And I want to say that again, pain and trauma thrive in secrecy. Yet it is the place we stay because of embarrassment, because we're feeling shameful, because we feel guilty, or there's a fear of these consequences, and then just so many other feelings that we get. We allow the enemy to whisper all the negative when we are dealing with these situations, but it is God who whispers all the great things that will come if you choose to tell your story. That's It'll come from just your testimony, including just the freedom and mercy and grace that come with 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 all of that. And yeah, amiga, there's going to be these wolves that will judge you and maybe not talk to you or talk about you. But what I say is, you without sin cast the first stone, just like Jesus did with the woman caught in adultery. And not one person could throw a stone. So it's the same now. If you remember in the last episode, I spoke about discernment. And I remember coming home one day and just feeling internally like something wasn't right. I had this gut feeling and something was off in my home, but but like I couldn't pinpoint it. Have you ever felt like that? I prayed and asked God to reveal what it was, but I didn't get an answer right, right away. But I, I knew that He's he has to be telling me something. I wouldn't feel this way if there wasn't something going on. So what do you do if you know God is speaking to you, but you don't have any details of what's going on? You start with prayer and interceding. So that So to be honest, that's what I did. Then one day I heard the Holy Spirit say, go to the computer, and he told me where to click, and there in front of me was pornography. I remember at the moment feeling lightheaded. I wanted to vomit. I remember crying and just really going to a place of blaming myself because I thought I didn't pray enough. I missed this. I don't know about you, but I know I sometimes take on so much responsibility when things go wrong in my family, even if I didn't initiate the issue I feel like I should have been able to do something to stop it, but God has to continually remind me, and I know He's reminding you that only He knows all things. And if I trust Him, and if you trust Him, He will show us what we need to know, and He will give give us the, strat- the strategies that are that's going to be our part in the process of healing. Because I took the blame, Satan used that to create thoughts of failure. I kept thinking I failed my family because I wasn't on guard. I started to fear, and then came these anxiety, and I had these um, panic attacks in the middle of the night where I felt like my heart was going to come out of my chest. These things weren't from God, but it was my reaction to knowing that something negative had entered my home. No matter how much we pray and rebuke, if someone in your home opens the door to sin, it's going to come in. The great thing is, though, that is you know that's if we pray. God lets us know the door has been opened, and then he gives us the weapons to fight. And some of those weapons are going to be supernatural, and some of them are going to be natural. Remember I said that pain and trauma thrive in secrecy? That's what was happening to me. This is such a taboo subject. How do I even confront it, right? Then after, after I confront it, who, who can I trust? And truthfully, I felt like I couldn't really trust anyone because I would be judged, and my family would be judged. And quite honestly, I wasn't going to risk that. How many of us don't? Right. But my body began to react to the stress of secrecy in order to fight any issue. We have to bring the issue to light. There's no way around it. amiga. And I know that as a social worker, but we have to confront it. But, you know, it's not easy. This, it's not. It's never easy. And even though I may know all the right things to say, I've been trained in it. When it comes to dealing with stuff yourself, it's, it, you just have to you, you go through your own emotions as well. I know this goes against what many of us have been taught to to like confront issues. I could have. What I could have done is shut the computer off and act like nothing was wrong because truthfully, that would have been easier. And for some, to be honest, pornography in your home is really not a problem for you. You may accept it and dismiss it as this is what people do. I could have used the excuse that society is a lot more accepting of these things, but but I knew. I knew it doesn't make it right. And God's word doesn't change just because our culture's views do. I I just, I couldn't let it go. I couldn't let it go. Pornography and sexual sin is a doorway to to just so much more that can break a family apart. It's a symptom of deeper issues and has to be just confronted so that can be dealt with. You can be dealing with a sexual sin in your home as you listen to this and haven't known what to do. But I pray this will give you some steps. Sexual sin and any sin for that matter becomes a distraction to what God has called you to because let's face it, when we deal with heavy issues like this in our home, it's so hard to focus on anything else, right? Besides confronting the issue, the person involved has to take responsibility for their actions and want to give up the sin. This is such an important part of the healing process. Many of you have heard of the story of David in the Bible. He is known as a man after God's own heart, but even he got off course. And although in this example, David's sexual sin was adultery, lessons can still be learned from this story nonetheless. So we're going to just dive into that a little bit. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, David gets up from his bed and decides to walk on the roof of the palace. From his roof, he saw this woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful and David sent someone to find out who she was and find out about her. A couple of things that happen here are just important that I want you to, to take note of. One is, is no one is exempt from sin and sexual sin can enter any home, Christian or not. And then the other thing I want you to take from this is that this type of sin specifically starts with your eyes, what you see, right? David saw her. And I found this statistic and I thought it was pretty um, important to just bring up here of internet users have experienced unwanted exposure to pornographic content through ads, pop-ups, misdirected emails, or links. So obviously the rise in the use of technology has just increased the ability to see sexual material even for children. It's sad, but I've had moms tell me, you know, my kids were, were exposed to this already from friends from school and things like that because phones are just everywhere and they can pull up anything if we don't have the right um, apps and things on there to protect our kids from what they see. The other thing David did is he inquired about her. He inquired about the woman. He wanted a more to know just more about her. And then he goes a step further where he fully brings her into the home and he sleeps with her. Once you bring sexual sin into your home and entertainment, entertain it, you get entangled in a way that then you have to try and hide all your steps. Right? It becomes a secret. Now you have to keep it a secret. Because you know that there's something you're doing wrong, but for some reason that pull to keep doing it continues to happen. And in David's case, Bathsheba ended up becoming pregnant. So David, to cover himself, sends for her husband and tries to get him to sleep with her. But that doesn't work. The poor guy's so loyal to David and the warrior it feels like it's not right to go be with his wife. Go figure. Then he sets he David sets it up where Uriah is in place at the front line of battle. So he will get killed. And that's exactly what happens. And still, David doesn't really recognize something's wrong with this. Something's wrong with what you just did. David then brings Bathsheba into his home, trying to hide any sexual sin only causes you to get into a deeper, deeper hole of deception. I've also learned that you can be well aware of your mess up and have all the good intentions of the world to stop sinning. And that's going to work for a short time. But when you try to fight alone, it gets harder and harder to identify and to resist it. If we go back to the story in chapter 12, it says the Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are that man. And then just he goes on to say this, and I'm going to read this as well. He says, he says to David, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. And this is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because of doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord. The son born to you will die. And so unfortunately, David, there was consequences and the consequence was pretty major. David kept living life with all he had done as if he did nothing wrong. But but God finally caught up with him. He finally caught up on and let him know, hey, what you're doing is not okay. I'm not okay with it. And once he was confronted, David realized what he did wrong. He acknowledged it. And then he, he he repented. He repented. And if you do some study on it, you can go back in Psalms. And some of those Psalms he wrote was in that place of when he was repenting. And when you look at it, it's so you know that he's in a place of deep, deep sorrow for what he's done. In my home, I did confront the situation that we were dealing with, but initially I tried to keep the fight within my home, but it got to a point where full freedom would only last a short time because there was some natural boundaries that we just we have to put in place. You have to put natural boundaries in place to keep sin out of your home, this, and this type of sin specifically. This included bringing in someone from the outside that could help and just give us some accountability, and this included a trustworthy outside person and a counselor. It's so important in dealing with any tough situation in your home that you only allow in those people that you can trust without worrying about them discussing your issues with others or those people who support you in private, but judge you in public. Do you know people like that? They're like, oh, I went here, but let me tell you, you know, and they have all this negative um, to say about the person and they gossip. But there are people who will support you and you can find them out there. My hope, though, is that you be that person for others as well. I mentioned the counselor as um, in this situation as well because there are so many emotions and thoughts that come with dealing with a sexual sh- a sin, not just the person participating in that sin, but also just those around them. A counselor helps to see things from different perspectives. They'll challenge you. They'll provide support, and they'll even um, challenge your thought processes because In my case, I was taking a lot of the blame of areas that were not, I shouldn't have. That wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And so I know when I was meeting with a counselor through this time period that we dealt with this, she made it very clear that, you know, the issue wasn't my issue. And although there were other things I had to deal with, that wasn't one of them. And the other thing is setting up systems of accountability and apps on the electronics that provides boundaries for what is looked at. You can, you know, put up, different um, privacy, um, privacy settings. Um, there's also like different apps out there that are specific for pornographic material that will let you know that that's coming up on the computer. And also when it has to do with maybe infidelity, there are things like Find My Phone or things like that where you're able to track where the person is if, if it's a, a situation in which a spouse was unfaithful. And that is something that you both agree to so that just to help with accountability, that's an option. The other thing I'm going to just bring up to you is open communication. Conversations about triggers and things that can be done better within the family to promote open communication is so important. And then within those conversations is going to include check-ins and asking questions, even the tough questions, and then not being afraid of what the answer would be if they messed up. It was after these things that we put into place that my own anxiety and panic attacks completely stopped. And keep in mind that every person deals with, um, deals with the same, doesn't, not every person in your family will, will have the same issues, but addressing sin or any issue that comes up when they occur is so important to work towards healing, forgiveness, and freedom, and to keep that healing, forgiveness, and freedom. And God's going to meet you there. Satan wants nothing more than for your family to get stuck. A family that can't move forward in healing also becomes stagnant and fulfilling what God is calling them to. And that's exactly where Satan wants you. So I'm going to encourage your amiga to rise up in bravery today. And I know I'm asking a lot, but rise up in bravery today to address what's going on in your home if this is happening and address it head on. You are a daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Walk and stand in that authority. Yes, things may be worse. They they may get worse before it gets better. It's going to be a process. And yes, there will be consequences. But in confronting the issue, you remove the power Satan has over you and your loved ones. You can invite God into the situation. And I promise as he's done in my family, he will bring healing, whatever that looks like for you. I know today was a heavy topic. It's not my favorite topic to talk about either, but I I do pray that God will use this to bring you and your family on the road of healing and restoration and give you the courage to just stand up and not let Satan trip you up here so you don't fulfill what God is calling you to. I pray that you will trust him and know that he will guide you through, amen. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. Next week, I'm so excited because we're gonna switch things up a little bit and I'm bringing on a guest who will talk to us about how she transitioned out of a stable job and followed what God called her to do. She took the risk. So I know her story is gonna inspire you. Don't forget that you can connect with me on Instagram at Ignite Your Calling or on my Facebook Facebook, um, group called Kingdom-Minded Women Aligning Purpose, Calling, and Career. God bless you and have an incredible week. Bye.